0: This morning, our New Testament lesson will come from the book of Acts, from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. This morning, we'll be reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. So, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. And the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took, took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the joys in life is uh, relationships, knowing people. I think that's been one of the difficult things about this season that we find ourselves in is this, this, this sense of isolation we can, we can find. Uh, it, it, it's challenging not to be with people that you love to be around. Uh, I think about how many of our events in life um, include people. And it's weird to just not be with people. We as humans desire relationships. That's just part of our natural human condition. We want people with us. We wanna have people to laugh with and joke with and, and friends and bigger than just family. We, w- we wanna have those individuals in our life that bring the best out in us and in life itself. There's that old, old line, uh, a friendship makes, makes um, victory sweeter and defeats softer. And there's, there's something to that. I think there's something to that. And so we think about the importance of these relationships. And one of the things I'll never forget, um, one of the, it wasn't even really a relationship. It just was uh, somebody I met. It's the power of community and a relationship. I'll never forget it. I was, if you've ever traveled internationally, um, you know, if you're in in a foreign country, um, if you hear someone there speaking English, your ears perk up like, ooh, 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 an American. So you start, you start kind of, you know, say, who said that? Well, what's even better is if you're in a foreign country and you hear someone speak with a southern accent and then you're like, okay, you know, let's see what's happening here. So one time, one of our trips to Israel, Sam and I were in uh, Tiberias, which is, which is the, a town on the Sea of Galilee. It, if you've heard about the Golan Heights, it's basically opposite of the Golan Heights. So we were in this hotel. We were getting ready to go out for the day. I think this is the day we were gonna go sail across the Sea of Galilee. So we were eating breakfast and getting ready and just visiting and talking. And we're getting ready to leave the, the dining room. It's me and Sam, Morris. And we're leaving and I hear this guy speaking English, but speaking English with a Southern accent. Well, I've never been one, you know, to, 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 to have strangers in my life. So I go up to him I start talking to him and said, hey, uh, you here you speaking English, uh, Southern accent? Where are you from? He was from Hazlehurst. Hazelhurst, Mississippi. I said, okay, well, I'm from Boca Chitta. I went to Collian, and we knew all the same people from Colin. Like you know, Collian is not that big. We knew all the same folks from Wesson, and I'm thinking to myself, what are the odds in Tiberius, Israel, to run into somebody from Hazelhurst, Mississippi? That's how relationships worked on That's how connections work. That's how networking works. It's, it's important in life. It's not just important in life. It makes life better. They have those relationships, but it also makes life, it helps life go better sometimes. I, during this whole COVID situation, I've got a, a good friend that works at University Medical Center. As I'm thinking about things and thinking through things, I'll text him sometimes, Say, hey, is this a bad idea? And sometimes he will say, yeah, that's stupid, don't do that. And sometimes, yeah, it's not a bad idea. So it's a friend that I've made through the years that I can ask questions of to help me think through these challenging times. We all need we all need people in our life to love on us. We all need those relationships, whether it be just some stranger you run into who's from Hazelhurst, or whether it be a friend who can pour into you and help you grow and be better and more faithful. We all need those people in our life, the people that we know who are for us, those people who are on our side, who we can count on. That's important in life. Today's passage is one of, to me, the more interesting passages in Jesus' life, and one that we kind of we brush over. The passage of the ascension. The ascension's a big deal. Whether we think about it or not, the ascension's a big deal. It made the apostles' creed. He ascended into heaven. That's a big deal. If it made the creed, it's a big deal. He ascended into heaven. We don't really think a lot about it or understand why it's a big deal. We get, we get Jesus' life. That makes sense. Like, we get his teachings. We know the importance of his teachings. Obviously, we understand uh, the cross. We understand the resurrection. Those kind of make sense. And then, and then in a couple weeks, we're going to be at Pentecost. And Pentecost makes sense. But the ascension is so incredibly important, but we don't really think a lot about it. We don't really think about why it matters or why it's important. Today we read. We read about Jesus ascending into heaven and why this matters. I think his ascension is one of the most important things that happened in Jesus' life and resurrection. It's his ascending. Because we think about what happens when he ascends. We get some real clarity on Jesus in our life and some real clarity for how we should live our lives. First, where he ascended, where did he ascend to? Scripture says that he ascends to the right hand of the Father. When Jesus ascended, in a few days after the ascension, the Holy Spirit came, and I love, the, I love this creed, that said he, the, the divine presence in our life. That's a great way to sum up the impact of the creed in our life. When he ascended, the Spirit came later. The sin, it fell on Pentecost. When he ascended, he ascended to his Father's right hand. And this is what we now have in Jesus at the right hand of the Father. We have someone at God's right hand pulling for us. Scripture says that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for us and on our behalf. Jesus Christ is there at the right hand of the Father because he cares for us. He's pulling for us. He's on our side. He sees all of our life. He sees what we're doing, and He is for us. He is not against us. That Friday in my um, in my online reflection. I read one of my favorite passages out of, out of Matthew, where Scripture says Jesus says, "If if you know how to give good, if you who are sinful know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your perfect Heavenly Father know how to give you good gifts?" In other words, think about how think about how much you love your kids. If you have kids, you know there's nothing you wouldn't do for them. If you if you are blessed by the Lord to have children, you know there's nothing you would not do for your kids. And if Andy Stoddard, who's imperfect, has already been demonstrated by worship this morning. If Andy Stoddard, who is imperfect, would not, if there's nothing I would not do for my children, how much more will our perfect Heavenly Father do for us? He's not against you, He's for you. He's at the right hand of the Father, pulling for you, encouraging you, and yes, even praying for you. Think about that. Scripture says that Jesus Christ is at God the Father's right hand interceding for you right now. I don't know about you, but I got a list of folks that I I can text at a moment's notice to pray for me. I hope you have that. If you don't have that list, you can at least reach out to me. Okay? Seriously. Seriously. I'm a preacher. I'm your preacher. I'm, I'm here for you. If there's not one person in your life who you could turn to for prayer, you turn to me, okay? But I've got a list of folks that I know, I know when I text them, they will stop whatever it is they're doing, and they will pray for me in that moment. They will intercede for me. They will offer up my prayer concerns to the Father in that moment. And the Bible says, the prayer of the righteous availeth much. In other words, our prayers have have that effect upon God. Our prayers matter. And There's some folks in my life who I know are praying for me. Well, you know who's praying for me and for you the most? Jesus Christ. When he ascended to the Father, when he's now at the right hand of the Father, as we confess in the creeds, when he's there, he's, he's there right now praying for us, pulling for us, interceding on our behalf. Can you imagine that? Think, think about that, y'all. The very, the, very, the very Son of God, God's very own Son, the Savior of the world right now, at this moment, is at the right hand of the Father, and he's interceding for you. He's interceding for you on behalf of broken relationships. He's interceding for you on behalf of your temptations. He's interceding for you on behalf of your fears and your doubts and your worries. Not only is he not against you, but he's praying for you. He's pulling for you. He's advocating for you to the Father. Oh, what love the Father has lavished upon us. Jesus Christ, right now, is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me and for his church. He's on your side, friends. He's on your side. I don't care what you've been taught in your life sometimes some of the stuff we believe about God, it isn't even stuff that we've been taught. It's just stuff we've kind of internalized throughout the years. And one of the worst things we could ever internalize is that God's out to get us. I've said it before, for the longest time in my life, my image of God was that he was a really old man in heaven, the long white beard, a lightning bolt who couldn't wait to zap me when I messed up. Well, that sounds a lot more like Zeus than it does the God revealed to us in scripture. We've internalized sometimes that God's out to get us. Friends, that's not the case. Scripture says right now, Jesus Christ ascended to the right hand of his father. He's praying for us. To be a Christian is to be made like Christ. Christian means little Christ. So we can learn how we're supposed to live by looking at the life of Jesus Christ. So then, if we serve a Savior who's at the right hand of the Father, who cares for us and intercedes for us, what does that mean for us? That means we should do the same. We should care for each other. We should intercede for each other. I said earlier in the sermon, how one of the weird things right now was this notion of being apart from each other. One of the best things that a mentor of mine taught me early in ministry was something he called the rule of three. Every day, connect to three people. Write a a letter. This is back in the olden days. Write a letter, make a phone call maybe do an email back then. This is long before texting and, 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 and all those type things. He said, he said connect to three people each day. And I've tried my best to live into that in these, low these many years. Right now, we may be isolating, but we're not isolated. One of the things I challenge you to do in this week, I challenge you this week, To check on three people a day. To connect to three people each day. It doesn't have to be long Shakespearean plays of text messages. It can simply be, hey, how you doing, thinking about you. That's all it's got to be. Send them a text. Pick up the phone and call them. Write a letter. Send them a message on Facebook. Tweet at them. I don't know. Whatever you do. But people need to know that we're there for them. If we're going to be like Christ... Jesus Christ is there for his people. He cares for them. Well, if we're going to follow in his steps, we've got to do the same thing. We need to care for each other. So I challenge you this week, friends. I challenge you each day, check on three different people. And if we all do that for each other, we'll all remain connected to each other. Jesus cared for his people. And he interceded for them. And so I would encourage you to be praying for each other, be praying for each other's needs, each other's fears, each other's doubts. Pray, pray for those folks you know through, know right now that are going through difficult times. Pray for those, pay attention in your life to the Lord, when the Lord lays a name on your heart. If the Lord lays a name on your heart, that's not random. When the Lord lays a name on my heart, I always pray for them and then always contact them. Because that was not random. And so many times in my life, the Lord has laid a name on my heart and I reach out to them and they're going through something or they've had something good happen to them. So pay attention to the moving of the Spirit when the Lord lays a name on your heart. But pray for them. Pray for your family, for your parents, for your children, for your spouse. Pray for those folks. Pray for those folks who you see, who you haven't seen in church in a while. Even if you don't know their name, the Lord does. Pray for the person three rows down who you speak to but you never caught their name. Pray for them. Pray for that the checkout person at Walmart or Kroger or at, at your favorite store, because you know they're stressed out right now. Pray for your coworkers. Pray for those restaurant folk who have lost jobs. Pray for each other. Pray for each other intercede for each other because scripture's clear. It says in James, the prayer of the righteous availeth much. Our prayers make a difference. I don't know how that works in God's divine economy, but is but clear that our prayers matter. They do. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father praying for us now. We should pray for each other. Pray for each other. One time, I, I, somebody told me, said, said, preacher, I said, I feel bad. They, I said, I've been praying for my kids that they'll do right, and they don't, I, I don't know if that's working. So does God not hear my prayers? Because I've been praying. It doesn't seem to be working. And I thought about something, something somebody told me one time. I said, you think about the CIA, and we only see the times the CIA makes a mistake or something gets through. We don't see the thousands of times before that when they prevented something from happening. And I told this person, I said, you only see the times your prayers and your mind didn't work, even though God's going to break something out of that. You don't see the hundreds and thousands of times before that when your prayers did work. Just because you don't feel like something's happening or just because you don't feel like something's changing or just because you don't feel like something's going like it ought to, that does not mean that your prayers aren't working. Keep praying. Even when you don't see the results you'd like to see, Even when you don't see the change you'd like to see, or when you don't see the potential effects you'd like for it to see, keep praying. Because we never know the things that our prayers might be availing on. Keep praying. We need each other, friends. We need each other. We don't need to let this time of isolation, this time of fear, this time of worry drive us away from each other. We need each other. I'm thankful. One of the things I'm thankful for in my life are those mentors that I've had, those pastors and teachers that I've had. I have a my, the Bible that I preach from um, is uh, the Wesley Study Bible. I've already gone through one of them; that got beat up through the years. My, my, my Bibles get beat up. I'm one of those guys that just shove stuff in here. Um, I like the, I like this. This one's got a pretty sturdy cover that I hadn't messed up too bad yet. But um, one of my one of my favorite professors in seminary, uh, you've heard me mention, is Dr. Bryant, uh, Dr. Barry Bryant. Um, uh, years ago before we moved to pedal, I was actually considering he's now, he was at Memphis Theological whenever I was, um, whenever I was at MTS. And now he teaches at Garrett Evangelical Seminary in, in, in Evanston, Illinois. I, I'd considered going there to start on a doctorate, um, and I, I never did with him. But um, we were walking through campus one day, years ago, and um, this is when the Wesley Study Bible was, was brand new. It just come out. This has been so 87, uh, this is 07, 08. And um, and I, I, I said, oh, Dr. Bryant, there's that Wesley Study Bible. Do you like it? Do you, do you think it's a good Bible? He said, Andy, seeing as how I wrote several articles in it, yes, I think it's a pretty good Bible. So, okay. So every time I, every time I pick up my Wesley Study Bible now, I think of Dr. Bryant. And this is, a, this is a mentor of mine. I met him in 99. I haven't seen him with my own two eyes since '07 or '08. But there's been so many times the last few years when I've emailed him and said, Dr. Brown, what do you think? Dr. Brown, what advice do you have for me? Dr. Brown, what what would you do in this situation? And he's always, 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 always given me such good advice. He's forgotten more about John Wesley than I'll ever know. That's somebody that for going on 30 years now has been somebody who's spoken into my life. He's been there for me. Just like my parents and others just like friends of mine, have been there for me. These relationships have been the things that I have been able to turn to over in my life, over and over again, my, my wife, my children. We need to be that for each other. We need to be that for each other. Because when, they're, when we're that for each other, we mimic what Christ is for us. We need each other. Christ now is at the right hand of the Father, pulling for us and interceding for us. May we be Christ like. And may we do the same thing for another. Let's pray.